now sitting at the wave table. Welcome everyone to episode 19 of the wave table featuring my guest Insco. So Insco, I recently met you through Instagram and do you just want to kind of tell me all about the genres you make, where you started from, what got you into music and all that kind of stuff? Yes, yeah, so I'm Ensco. Um, I'm 19 and I mainly produce uh, future bass music. I do also produce like dubstep and stuff like that from time to time, but the main genre I produce is future bass. I've been making music for almost four years now, like properly. Uh, I've been into music for like the longest amount of time though, but yeah, I I mainly make future bass music. Hell yeah. So yeah, future bass, but you've also got like a bunch of dubstep or like hybrid trap, I guess. And yeah, I really like your variety. Um, and so I wanted to jump right in and talk about your most recent release, which I believe was Save Me VIP, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that track is like, very well structured. It's like it's got solid tried and true drum and bass foundations. And just the arrangement as a whole, I think it flowed extremely well. Like it's it's just kind of like what you expect, but it's a really good uh solid version of what you expect from drum and bass. So would you mind revealing to us some of your inspirations or references perhaps that you had for that track? Yes, yeah, so I like I said I produce a lot of future bass music, but I I listen to like loads of different genres, mainly electronic stuff. Though I don't listen to a lot of bands and stuff. But for that song, there's two main artists that I kind of listened to and got inspiration from, and that was um, Wilkinson, mm. who is a drum and bass uh, producing. My heard of him. Uh, but he does his stuff isn't like mega heavy it's just kind of really clean and like yeah. nice uh and sub focus as well i oh, really like yes. uh, their stuff yeah so the, those were like the two main people who i took inspiration from for that and also i have i have a friend who kind of taught me a bit about music when i first started off or even before i first started making music and he's like really into drama bass so Obviously, he's shown me stuff over the years as well, mm. and that's I've kind of took inspiration from that. But yeah, this song really did just come out of the blue. It was like I finished the original version of it, and then I was like, I want I want to do something different. Maybe I can like make a VIP. I've never made a VIP in my songs before, so why not? And then I just took the vocal and I I put it at like half time to what the BPM of the VIP is. And um, yeah, it, <laughs> I was pretty happy with how it came out. It came about really quickly, though. Like, I I wasn't planning on releasing it. And then I was planning on releasing it, but on like all platforms. And then when I spoke to my manager and stuff, um, we decided to just post it on YouTube and SoundCloud. So it's only on there, but it's oh, still yeah. like an official VIP. So, hell yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's very rare that a, a VIP completely changes the genre of a track you know usually they'll just like redo the drop or something but um mm. yeah i love how you just completely change the style and the both of the songs are completely great on their own uh so yeah um and you're also signed you just brought up your manager so i want to jump yeah, yeah. into the the label side of things um you're signed on room seven records so yeah that is the label yeah <laughs> uh so that came about by 
well, it's it's a very long story, but to put it like shortly, I was following people on Instagram, and I know people on Instagram who they obviously make music. I I done music feedback live streams on Twitch, and people give me feedback on there, and if I like the music, I'll follow them on Instagram or whatever. I, I can't remember how I found this person. I'm not going to lie. I feel like it was through a feedback thing, but there was this producer and she owned this uh, SoundCloud radio show called Desire Radio. And I listened to them and I was like, oh, this is really cool because it's like a two hour uh, mix. And the first hour she'd DJ it and the second hour it'd be like a guest. So I really liked the idea of it. And I messaged her and was like, could I like do one of your guest mixes it'd be really cool you know i've never like done any djing at the time really i had some decks but i never like posted any mixes or anything yeah so i thought it'd be a good idea to do that and we agreed on it i had done it i sent it over and then i was on an instagram live one day and i was just sat there like you know working on some music and i was like oh you know i've been trying to send this song riot to labels and nobody's accepting it which I'm sure like loads of people have gone through. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she just messaged me after that and was like, I'm on a record label. Uh, I may be able to like get you in contact with them if you'd be interested. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Hell why yeah. not? And um, I got speaking with one of the people at the label and then we were just like speaking, you know, about terms and stuff like that. And then this was towards the end of last year. And then on January the 1st was when I was like officially signed to them for a year. So obviously once it's been a year, I don't know whether they're going to like carry on wanting me on there or not mm. or whatever. I don't, I haven't even thought about what happens after that, but it's been really great because I feel like everyone, uh, you probably do it where it's like you, you release a song or an EP and you're like, right now I've made the song, but now I have to go through the struggle of making all the videos and promoting it and trying to get it in playlists. And it's just, it's such a hustle. Literally and in the I middle still of do, that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just dropped an EP, right? Yeah, exactly. Like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I listened to it. I quite liked it. Thanks. It's um, it's very heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I do. Uh, like I said, I do listen to those kind of genres. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So I'm I'm signed to them. It's it's been great. Obviously, the year that we've all had has just been very bizarre and unpredictable. But it's, I feel like they had a lot to offer me at the end of 2019. But when everything started happening, it was more like, okay, yeah, we can't like get you DJs, like gigs and stuff like that. Like I was meant to, I didn't tell anyone this. I almost posted it on my Instagram because I got too excited about it, but I didn't because I was like, I'm not supposed to. I need to like, you know, (laughs) keep my, keep my inner child tame. Um, but I was actually meant to be doing a DJ set in Germany in May. Mm. And I've never like done a proper DJ set in person before. Like the only experience I had was on that radio show I was on about. And yeah, it was, it got obviously, yeah, it obviously got canceled, yeah. uh, which was annoying, but it was, it was one of those things. And the label, uh, then come up with this like event where every single Thursday they were going to do a live DJ set, which a lot of people have been doing. So I was lucky enough to be able to do one of those. And I literally just set up like basically like a stage in my back garden. Um, <laughs> it, when I say a stage, I just like stood in like behind a table yeah. and had my logo at the front of the table and some like bed sheets in the background. <laughs> just it's very DIY, but I was pretty happy with how it turned out. But that was like, 
my biggest experience of doing DJ and so far. And hopefully next year, if everything, you know, goes back to being fairly normal, hopefully I can have a bit more opportunities to do DJing stuff because I do want to produce music, but also do DJing as well. Like they're the two main things I want to do. So yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I'm really praying for you. Well, praying for all of us, hoping that we can get back out to the world and do real things yeah. again. Um, is, is that DJ set like from your backyard? Is that available to view still? Yeah, yeah, it's on my it's on my YouTube channel. It's just Insco. Hell yeah. Um, I I post on there quite a lot, so it might be a little bit far <laughs> down, but it is on there. It's called. Um, I think it's called Insco Live on Desire Radio or something. It's not Desire Radio. It's called something else. But that Desire thing that I was on about with the girl who got me on the label is actually linked to the record label, which yeah. I didn't know until I joined them. So that's why when I done that DJ set, it was like a Desire <laughs> something. I can't actually remember the name of it. It wasn't Desire Radio or something else, but... That's awesome, man. It was Desire something. <laughs> Just, uh, it's funny how like... You found a label, but not directly. Like you're obviously putting your music out there, trying to get signed to labels and such. But then uh, you you put your foot in for the DJ thing, and then you're doing an Insta Live, and that somehow got you onto a label. Like it just goes to show, yeah, guys. It's weird. Don't be like, don't tunnel vision. Like tr- try to get your foot in as many doors as you can. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I. I'm, I again, I can't remember how I came across this podcast. I think it just came up on my YouTube at some point. But I was watching it and I was like, this is a really cool idea. Like, I like how you're interviewing like producers and trying to like get them to tell their story and putting it out there. And it's just, it's a really cool idea. And that's why I got in touch because I was like, if I could come on here and like tell my story, then, you know, it gives, it gives a different point of view for people who are trying to like get in the industry because if they're seeing all of these other producers point of views on like what's happening you get like more of a everything point of view instead of just like a oh this one person got signed to a major label so that's going to be me you know like yeah there's really not one track to success so it's great to do something like this and take bits and pieces from everyone and kind of find find your own path and uh if, yeah. if this podcast did just happen to randomly come up on your YouTube feed, then thank you, YouTube gods. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. <laughs> that's fucking sick, man. Holy shit. Uh, so before the Save Me VIP, which was the drone bass track that we were talking about, uh, your tracks had much of a chill, as you were saying, future bass kind of mood. Um like the original Save Me was a future-based chill kind of thing and your m- remix yeah. of Miracle by Alex Hills. Um, so I wanted to ask, uh, do you think you'll keep going with the whole future-based main main focus thing or are you going to sprinkle in more drum and bass or other genres here and there, do you think? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm really enjoying doing future-based because... I feel like as a genre, you can go many different ways of it and it's still, mm. I guess, be classed as like future bass. Like I could make, say, like melodic dubstep and it still kind of be like future bass if you kind of had them elements in it. Or you could go like the pop way and make yeah. like future pop. That's also kind of future bass. So it's very like a middle ground and you can kind of go any way you want to go. But yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy doing it at the moment, but in the future, I might you know, drop a random song that's like a different genre of music. I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do next year. 
and I've really been into like house music, not like not like generic, you know, um, I don't even know what to describe it, but not like generic house music, but more like really festival kind of house music. Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about maybe starting up like another alias or something mm. and just having that as house stuff. But then I'm like, I don't want to then get into it and then not really be releasing much on Insco or just like yeah. trying to do too much at once. So I think I keep having the mindset of I've started doing future base. I'm growing an audience making future base. Therefore, I have to do future base and nothing else because otherwise people won't like it. That's like <laughs> the mindset I've had. But then again, like with the EP, the whole idea of it was it's called the drawing board because you know how people say, oh, I need to go back to the drawing board, like starting over. So it was almost like I wanted to kind of test the waters on like what I can do and see what people were like and just have fun and not just do future bass. Like I think two of the songs on it were like my generic future bass kind of style. And then one of them was more like future pop. It was very poppy. Mm. And I think I made it in like a week. It came about really quickly. And then I done the one with Jet Streak, which was over oceans, which was dubstep and hybrid trap and uh, just everything in one, which literally I've never spent so long on a song. Like <laughs> we started that in October and it got released in March. And I think on my side, obviously we were sending stuff back and forth. I work in FL Studio and he yeah. works in Ableton. So we were just like kind of sending audio files back and forth. But with that song, just on my side alone, I think my project has like 70 hours on it. Oh my God. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it spent so long. We spent so long on it, but I was really happy with how it came out. Because when we first started making it, I was like, I didn't really know where to go with it because I've never really done that kind of music before. I've normally just done future bass, but his main style is dubstep and stuff like that. I think he also makes some like beats for rappers and stuff as well, mm, but I think cool. that's his main thing is like dubstep stuff. So it was nice to be able to kind of have somebody guide me through it, you know, tell me what's happening. And um, the song was very 50-50. We, yeah. I mainly done like the intro and the build and obviously I gave feedback on like the drop and we were tweaking things. But he mainly done like the dubstep and hybrid trap bit. And then I mainly done the intro and like the the bridge bit after like the second drop to the more melodic bit, which I also did. So but yeah, it once we got in the like in the flow of it, it was just it was just really easy, but it just took us months still. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those collabs that was it's very easy to tell who did what, but I think sometimes that's like the best collabs. Because if you're listening to something and you can't tell who did what, it's like, how different do these people really sound in the first place, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, nice to... Because I could have just done like a song with another Future Bass producer and then it just sound like my song. Yeah. Song. <laughs> but it was nice to just do something completely different and really just take both of our styles of music and just put it together and see what happened. Mm. It was nice. And I want to circle back to the uh, Alex Hills remix that I briefly mentioned. Uh, I wasn't aware of a contest or anything uh, in regards to that tune. So how did you go about hooking up the uh, stems for that? Yeah, so long story short, everything seems to be a long story today. <laughs> uh, long story short. Alex was one of my college tutors, mm. uh, which is it's very random, I know. But I finished college in like March and I've been there for like three years, but he wasn't like a, a proper teacher. I didn't have him for like years. I literally had him for like 
four months or something, like maybe five months before I obviously had to finish college. But he was the best teacher that I had at that college, like full stop. Because I went to college trying to learn more stuff about music production. And instead, I just learned more stuff about being a musical engineer. So like setting up microphones on like drum kits and stuff. And although it's useful to have, because I guess it's more of like a realistic job. um, It's it, you know, it wasn't really my kind of thing. So it was nice to have Alex where he taught me stuff about like, you know, reverb and things like that. He'd do lessons on these things that are more music production related. I think his lesson was actually called like remixing and production. And then the other one was uh, music theory. So it was nice to just have, you know, lessons that were focused on stuff that I actually wanted to learn and were actually going to benefit me and what I want to do. So, and he just seemed to know a lot as well. And even when I first went in the class and he was there and I hadn't had him as a teacher before. He's really friendly. He was talking to everyone. I mean, I, in real life, I'm quite a shy person, so I'm like the complete opposite to him. But he just sat down and was like, hey, like, what's your name? You know, what kind of stuff do you do? I showed him some of my music and he was like really about it and he was giving me feedback on it. And I was just like, this is great. It's not just like one of those teachers who's like, get your work done. He like actually cares about what you do and wants to try and help. So I... I just realized that I'm making this a longer story, not a short story, <laughs> but <laughs> um, he then like carried on at the college and then obviously, you know, the whole pandemic happened and then I had to not go to college anymore. And then I randomly came across a Facebook page that was his, which I didn't even know he like properly done music. I knew that he'd done music for like video games. He's done some stuff that's been on like the Nintendo Switch and stuff, which oh, is really hell cool. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that he actually made his own music until I went and found his Facebook page randomly <laughs> and then saw that he was releasing an EP on Friday. And I was like, oh, shit. oh okay. <laughs> so then I waited until Friday. I listened to it and then I messaged him and I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's Tyler from school, oh, not school, college. And uh, I just listened to your EP. I really like it. And he was like, oh, thanks. All that. And then I was like, I really like the song Miracle you know, would it be okay if I remix it? Like, would you be down for that? And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then Hell we just yeah. like spoke more and he just sent me all the stems to it. I remixed it. He really liked it. And then we released it and that was basically it. But we still keep in touch and he's still working at the college, but he's uh, going to be helping me out with a lot of my songs in the future as well, because he's a really talented guy. He doesn't make electronic stuff really, but he does more like kind of indie kind of stuff but he can like play guitar and piano and he can sing and he does songwriting and he makes stuff for video games. I'm just like, God damn so much knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. I don't know how long he's even been doing music, but yeah, I just, I really think that he's going to be benefiting me in the future. He's said that he'd do stuff like teach me guitar, which I've always wanted to learn. So I'm just hoping that me and him can like, you know, get along really well and just, try and uh work on a lot of music together it'll be a lot of fun hell yeah man uh music teachers are like the most chill people ever like i yeah, know yeah. um shout out to like richard off oh, richard pike from sae melbourne fucking great guy <laughs> um <laughs> so speaking of alex hill who mainly does like non-electronic stuff i uh, wanted to compliment you on your organic instrument instrumentation uh, such as like the pianos in your tracks. I was wondering if you had any tips for producers who are looking to get like more of a 
humanized or yeah, just less hard, less less harsh sounding organic instruments. Yeah, so I I really struggled with that originally. <laughs> like the thing that I'm learning still now is how to get things like guitars in your song that haven't been recorded but they're like generated with a plugin. How to get guitars and pianos and stuff like that and strings to just sound real yeah. because it, it's hard. It you're taking something that's not real and trying to make it sound real. Of course, it's going to be difficult. But with the piano, it was probably like the the easiest thing. I use the one that I mainly use is this one by Spitfire Audio, I think the company's called. And it's they have this plugin called Labs, mm. which has like a load of free stuff on it. And I use their one called Soft Piano. And I just use it in every single one of my songs. It's just a really nice piano. And if you like mess around with the velocities and notes and just like slightly change the timing of each note, you can get it to just sound really, you know, real, which is great. There's a song that I'm working on at, at the moment that is called uh, Say My Name. That's a podcast exclusive. I haven't said that anyway. <laughs> um, but I don't know when it's going to be out yet, but it will be out at some point this year. It'll probably be my last song this year. But there's elements in that that I have never even tried to do in another song. Like, I took yeah. a guitar plug-in. And it's like an acoustic guitar. And normally I have a friend who plays guitar. Yeah. But he's just gone to uni. So he's really busy and can't like record guitar for me at the moment. So I was like, oh, I really want to get guitar in this song, but I don't know how to because I can't play it. And I don't know anyone else who plays guitar. So, uh. but I took this plugin that I found. I can't remember what it's called now for the top of my head, but it, I think it was also free. And I figured out that you can actually like play chords on the guitar. And you can like record them and you can make it sound really real and you can do like different rhythms and stuff of it. And I was like, this is amazing. When I like figured it out and watched loads of YouTube tutorials on it, I was like, this is amazing. So the whole song is literally just based around guitar. Sick. Like the drop of the song has a load of guitar elements in it. And I just, I'm really excited for it. It's, it's a future based song, but it's, it's got a lot of guitar in it. Hell yeah, man. Uh, is, was it by any chance like DSK or AGM? Like, oh, I think it was AGM. Yeah, that rings yeah. a bell. They've got some good yeah, quality Yeah, it's really shit. nice. Yeah, especially their acoustic stuff. It's great. Um, so, yeah, following on with the organic instrumentation and uh, moving into the vocals now, uh, are you the person that sings on your original tracks? I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could sing. I really, I really can't. I've done like, little things in the background of my songs like whether it's humming or like doing a harmony but i like really mess around with like auto tune on it so it just sounds a lot better yeah (laughs) no all of the all of the stuff that i use in my songs like the vocals are samples which i've found online okay um i've made i made a youtube video recently because i post youtube videos every monday at 7 p.m bst which is uh uk time and I make like music related content on there, whether it be like me trying to make a song in an hour or me, you know, showing off vocals that I found or something like that. I made a video recently of like where I get my samples from, where I get my vocals from, because I've actually had a lot of people message me and be like, Oh, I really like your music. Like, are you the one that sings on it? Like you, like you have. Um, and I'm just like, I wish, but it's not, here's the place (laughs) I get it. And I spoke about it in that video, but, the main place that I get it from is a website called Vandalism. It's it's a little uh. bit like Splice. Um, but you can go on there and you can like purchase full packs 
or you could just like do a monthly subscription and use credits like Splice. Oh, cool. But they have loads of vocals on there. They do it for loads of different genres of music. Doesn't necessarily mean that you can only use that vocal in that genre of music. Like one of my songs on my EP, I think was classed as like, I think it was like an indie vocal or something, but I turned it into a future bass song. So it's like, if the vocal sounds good and you like it, use it. But they have like full length vocals on like Splice. And they also have like harmonies and stuff on there as well. And it's, it's really nice. I use the stuff a lot. But I think next year I want to dive more into like the songwriting and working with vocalists mm. kind of thing. And Alex is always on my back. Whenever I message him, like, oh, I'm working on this new song. What do you think? He's like, yeah, it's great. But you really need to like work with some vocalists and like, you know, make your own lyrics and stuff. Because then I think you're going to have a lot more original sound. Because I guess yeah. if I make a song and then it has a vocal sample on it, and someone else can then just use that vocal sample to make their own song, and then it's not as original, yeah. I guess. Um, I actually had like a copyright strike on one of my songs called We're Just People. That was also my EP. Uh, it's like one of my favorite songs I made. I had a copyright strike on YouTube. It wasn't like a, a proper strict one, but it was like, uh, oh, this song is in your video. And it was just this random song. I clicked on it and it was using the same vocal. It didn't sound anything oh my like God. my song. It was just using the same vocal. That's so fucked. So I, like, I was like, bruh. I've I've used I've used that vocal yes but it's my own song yeah so I just like <laughs> disputed it and then they were like oh yeah you're right I was like yeah <laughs> but luckily it wasn't like a big deal where it got like taken down and stuff but yeah it just happens that's that's why you gotta be careful with that kind mm. of thing they're royalty free but that doesn't mean that people can't make a song and copyright the song so yeah <laughs> um I think yeah. that uh like. Going on to vandalism, I'd, I'd heard that site ages ago. Like, I've got some packs from then that probably came out, like, six years ago or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they actually do have high-quality stuff. I just completely forgot about them until now. Um, yeah. And p- for people looking for vocals, it might be good to try go places other than Splice because, for me, when I hear a song that has Splice vocals, I can tell, right? Like, yeah. I know that's a fucking splice sample. <laughs> yeah, I, I use I splice samples, but at the same time, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, they're a bit. Some of them are like really overused. One of yeah. like my first Future Bass songs that I released last year, uh, I used a splice vocal for it, and I can't remember who the artist was, but I think they released a song yesterday with the same vocal, and I was like, "Nice, <laughs> uh, it's a good song," but I just. I just can't listen to it because exactly. it's the vocal that I've used on it. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, oh, and another thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, do you ever think that maybe you might go back and strip the vocal samples out of all your old songs and have someone record something else that fits with the song? I don't know. I've been thinking about that with this new one that I'm working on because it's also using a vocal sample on that too. Uh, I didn't get it from Vandalism though. I got it from uh, Ghost Hack. They mm. released like a new vocal pack and there was a vocal on it that I really liked. But I've been thinking about like, oh, do I want somebody to record a vocal over this instead? Because then it would be more original. And then I was like, yeah, but I don't really know any vocalists. And yeah. You know, this the world still isn't in a state where you can really go, oh, let's go to the studio and record, you know, with a random person or whatever. So I think at the moment, I'm just going to stick with everything the way it is. I I released my original, like the first ever music that I released in like 20, 
2018 or 2017. I put all that on Spotify as my first songs and I really regretted it. But <laughs> I've removed it all now, obviously. And the first song that's actually on my Spotify is my first Future Bass song, which I released last year. But those those songs were obviously just bad. And I I said to myself that once I'd done this reset, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to leave any other songs on there. So anything before my first Future Bass song, which is Who We Are, got removed. And anything after that is just going to stay on there. So I yeah. don't I don't think I would go through and like make everything better. There was a remix I did, an unofficial remix, so I guess a bootleg, uh, on my YouTube channel of a Lewis Capaldi song. It's called Before You Go. And I love doing that remix. I made it on my live stream over on Twitch. I just sat there one day and I was like, oh, I just want to live stream me making a remix. I feel like making a remix. I made the majority of the remix in one day. And then the next day I just like perfected it and mastered it. And then I put it on my YouTube that Friday. And over about three months, it got like 11,000 views. And I was Holy like, shit. <laughs> where? I was like, where did that come from? Like, huh? What did I, what did I do? But a lot of people really liked it. And then out of nowhere, one day, it just got taken down from YouTube. Uh, After three months of it being on there, it just got taken down. Fuck. And I was like, I was like, why? What? Why? Why has it got taken down? Especially after three months, it clearly wasn't like an automatically detected thing if it yeah. was like three months. So I looked into it and looked at the copyright strike and it was, I can't remember what the company was, but it was like this, this British company who represents labels. And I was like, okay. So I thought about it and I was looking into it more and I was like, so basically my remix got noticed by like someone at Lewis Capaldi's label and they were uh, like, oh, this is getting views. So we're going to take this down. So at the end of the day, it was really annoying that it got taken down. But at the same time, I was like, I got noticed by a big label. So <laughs> <laughs> Hell <laughs> I yeah. I don't really care. But no, it was really cool. It's like my most viewed song ever. And I think maybe even my most listened song. Oh, no, no. My second most listened song. Um, my most listened song is like 13K. But yeah, it's still mad. To, to get 11K on a remix, I was just like, yeah, mind blown. I put a video up of how I made it. Like when I was actually sitting there making it, I recorded the whole thing as well and posted it onto my YouTube before the remix came out. And that video almost has a thousand views now, I think. But I keep getting comments on it of people being like, where's the remix? I really want to find the remix. I really like this. And I'm like, it got removed. I can't do anything about that. Sorry. <laughs> but I did try and post it on SoundCloud originally, and then it just got removed instantly. So YouTube oh was the only place that I could post it. And then now it's gone. So it's just, I've been thinking about taking that old project, making it a little bit better. And then just obviously removing the vocal and putting like a vocalist on it. And then yeah. it'd be like an original song. So I don't know. I might go ahead and do that. I might not. But yeah, I kind of at the same time feel like it should just, you know, be left in peace. Like rip. <laughs> it's been nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, made some memories, but it is what it is. Man, that's yeah, I still use it as like an outro song now and then to like pay tribute to it. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it was here, but now it's not. It's one of those. <laughs> Oh, well, at least it's like now it's something exclusive that you can play at your gigs whenever you start playing shows. Yeah, yeah, that was the <laughs> other thing. I was thinking I either make it an original song or I just go through and make it literally like the best remix I could ever make it. Like mm. go through and perfect everything so there's nothing I don't like about it. And then when I do DJ sets, just play it live and it'd be like, wow, it's like this improved version of that remix you released that one time Hell that yeah. nobody probably remembers because it got removed. <laughs> I'm really surprised they straight up just take stuff down. Like, 
Why don't they just redirect the uh, the ad profits to the labels? Oh, I know. It's so broken. I wrote something on Twitter about this the other day. I was like, I don't understand copyright sometimes. It makes sense to copyright songs, obviously. Like, if you didn't have copyright, everyone would just be stealing each other's songs. But at the same time, if somebody's doing a remix, you either get in contact with them and say, look, can you like post this as like a bootleg because it's not an official remix or like, can you make it clear it's not an official remix? Or you just straight up go, okay, we're just going to steal all your money. Like (laughs) I'd rather they stole the money than completely took it down because they probably could have generated like not loads of money because it's like 11,000 views, but they could have generated, you know, a little bit more money than what they would have just by removing it. I mean, I don't, I don't make money off YouTube anyway at the moment because I think you have to have a thousand subscribers uh, yeah. on like almost three hundred. But yeah, it's it's still like you could have just chucked a load of ads on it. I would have been fine with that. At least people could still listen to it. Yeah. Now it's just like completely gone, and I can't even I can't even click on the video. It just says remove. It oh just says God. the views. So. <laughs> And I, I actually have a proper strike on my YouTube channel, like a, a serious one where it's like, if you get three strikes, your channel gets removed because of it. And I'm like, what? Because I remixed a song. Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's terrible. Like, uh, it frustrates me so much that people, yeah. it's already that hard to make it as an artist. You can't even get like a little bit of help from remixing a popular artist. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that was my mindset at the time. Obviously, I liked the song anyway, so I was like, I want to remix it. But then when I started getting loads of views on it, I was like, maybe I should remix songs more. Because, yeah. like, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of views on this. And obviously not every single one of the people that listen to it go, wow, I love this Insko guy. I'm going to check out all of his music and follow him and all this stuff. But I think there was, like, I got, like, 60 subscribers or something from that video. And... I know it's not a lot compared to like the 11,000 people that listen to it, but it's still people, you know, an audience that decided to stay and wanted to hear more yeah. because of a remix. And if you're just putting out an original song, if you don't promote it properly, how are you meant to like get an audience, you know, and promoting, uh, promoting is just like a struggle anyway. It's like <laughs> you could, you could pay to get a song in a Spotify playlist, but it's like, are they real people or are the playlist curators paying for bots to listen yeah. to your songs? Like, you don't know. And even still, it's like I've had one of my songs on Spotify, like my first song that I released this year, had like 13K, my remix in total, uh, not my remix, my EP in total, I think has like 10K or something on it. But my Spotify page, I only have like 70 followers. And it's yeah. like, it, it's odd because it's like, I apparently people just don't follow on Spotify. I actually went through and I was like, is this a, is this a proper thing? Do people actually do this? And people do they just go oh, i like the song they save it or they listen to it or add it to their playlist but they don't think about following yeah and it's it's a really important thing because especially with spotify if you follow an artist and they released a song that week that goes into your release radar and that means that you know me as an artist if i had like a thousand people following me that means when i release a song a thousand people are going to have that song in their release radar which means they're more likely to listen to my music so it's a really important thing to follow and i don't think people kind of realize that but especially with spotify because of those playlists i think adding it to your playlist as well yeah yeah i think the flaw there is actually with spotify because i for the longest time didn't know there was a follow button on spotify it was only like i don't think it's very obvious yeah exactly like it's 
it's very small. It doesn't have a background. It's literally just very small green lines. Like it's very mm. hard to see. Uh, and yeah, I think I only found out there was a follow button on Spotify like one or two years ago. Ever since then, I've been following everyone. Even if I only like one of their songs, I'll still follow them. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah same. Spotify just needs to fix that because I think the issue is just people not being aware that you can follow. And also yeah, not being aware that, like that a- uh, it's essentially the re- release radar. If you follow enough people, it's essentially like a social media feed for music, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great. When I found out that it existed, I was like, this is amazing. I no longer have to like go on Instagram and think, oh, who is it that's released a song today? Let me try find them and see if it was them that released a song and then go back to Spotify and search it or whatever. It's just like every Friday or Thursday at midnight, so you know, technically Friday, I just I go on Spotify and I'm like, right, who's released a song this week? <laughs> it's like amazing. And you add them all to your playlist. I think maybe Spotify should do something like if you add a song to your playlist like five times or something, or you favorite a song five times, like all by the same artist, then they should like have a little thing come up saying, do you want to follow this artist mm. or something like that? Just so that people know, like, cause some people, if they got that notification, they might be like, wait, I can follow them. Why am I not following them? And then they'd follow them or they'd be like, Oh, actually, yeah, sure. I'll follow them. Why not? Like, I don't know. They just need to have some sort of way for it to be in people's faces, but not too annoying. Yeah. So not like when you just favorite a song, it's like, do you want to follow this artist every time you favorite a song? But maybe like once you're favorite a few songs by the same artist, then it's like, hey, you're not following them. You seem to like this artist. Do you want to follow them? Like That makes sense. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. And uh, I think everyone who's watching this should write Spotify a very angry email uh, saying exactly what Insco <laughs> just said. So hopefully yeah. they'll change their ways. <laughs> let's get this feature added. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> We're starting a movement. Oh, uh, man. So it's along the lines of promotion and kind of making it as an artist, uh, I was wondering if you take production seriously, like as a career path, or if it's still a hobby to you? Yeah, I mean, right now, like the, the money from music that I've made is like, yeah, there's no way I could live off that <laughs> yeah. at all. Um, but... The the end goal is to just be able to do it for a living. Like I I don't want to just produce music and do it for a living. I also want to do DJing because it's something that I feel like I really enjoy. I watch a lot of like festivals and stuff, and I'm just like I always think. Imagine being on that stage. Imagine how amazing that is. Like I just I really think it would be so cool to just like DJ clubs and festivals and stuff. And it's something that I really want to do alongside producing music. Um, I do want to do it as a living, like I said, but it's it's very much a a long grind to be able to get there. Mm. I think when I started making music, I thought this is going to be easy. Like how, how do people make music? Oh, let's look up how people make music made my first song. Oh, this is like easy stuff. And then you figured out, Oh, there's a thing called an EQ. What does that do? (laughs) Oh, what's a compressor? And then it's like, Oh, what's all of this other stuff? And it's like, wait, what? I have to mix my songs. Okay. What's a master? How do I do that? And then it's like, Oh, okay. There's, there's like this, never-ending lists of stuff with music like you'll make a song and go i think i know everything this this song's great and then you give it like two months and then you listen to that song and be like why didn't i do that that's gonna make my mix sound yeah. like 10 times clearer and i think you will always do that whether you've been making music for a year or 10 years or whatever you'll always be judging your own music like i listen to my ep and think oh that kick in that song is just too punchy for that like why why did i do that or that snare why is it like drowned in reverb why have i done that <laughs> 
So I wish I could go back and tweak them and like have it be replaced, but like people didn't know I replaced it sort of thing. Like I'd like to be able to replace my old songs and perfect yeah. them a little bit. But then again, I'm just like, well, they're in the past, so just carry on making stuff better and, you know, see what happens with that. But yeah, I want to do music properly. At the moment, I, I don't do it like professionally for a living. Um, I, I don't even have a job at the moment. I got made redundant like oh. a little while ago. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't like a proper job anyway, because I was at college. So I was only working one day a week, oh, Okay, but they were like, they were like, huh, we don't have loads of money. So we need to get rid of some people. Yeah. They're like, let's get rid of the kid that like, you know, does the photocopying and stuff, which, <laughs> you know, was a lot of fun. So I'm really going to miss that job. Definitely. <laughs> Um, but now I'm just like actually trying to look for a proper job while I can do this music stuff alongside it. And I'm trying to go for like a part-time job. One that's like, preferably I can, I can do it like night or something. Like I was thinking of maybe like, uh, stacking shelves in a shop, but it's like four days a week and you do it from like 1am until 6am and then I can come home, sleep and work on music. Hell (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I'm a lot more productive at night and it makes more sense for me to get a job at night because I feel like I could just get on with it. And then you have less people. And like I said, I'm a pretty awkward person. In per- I'm a pretty awkward person in person. That's a weird saying. But I am pretty awkward. I'm like, if if you took me into a classroom and they were like, right, do a presentation. I'd be like, uh, okay, sure. I had to do one at college and everyone was doing it. And I just spoke to the teacher and recorded it at home and sent it to him as an assignment so I didn't have to do it. Yeah. I've just, I've always been extremely awkward, which is why when I tell people, like, I want to be a DJ and I want to, like, you know, put my music out there and be in front of a crowd and stuff, it's like, yeah, but you don't like speaking to people. You're really awkward. Why, <laughs> why do you want to do that? How are you going to deal with that? I'm just like, I don't know. Like, music makes me feel better. Like, through school, I had, like, really bad anxiety. I got bullied and stuff like that. And I'd always listen to music and feel better. And I think that's why I want to be a DJ and release music is because if I can release a song and that song can be there for people and help, like, you know, make people happy like music did for me, then that's amazing. That's like, that's like my end goal. That's what I want more than anything. You know, I've never, ever made music and gone, I can't wait to release this song. I really want to make money from this. Yeah. I've never had that mindset. And I don't think anyone should have that mindset. Yeah. Because if you're doing music for the money, then you're going to be pretty disappointed because <laughs> you really don't make a lot of it, especially like in your first years when you're like trying to learn how to promote. I think if you're making any music, it's going into promoting, really. Um, so uh, not music, money. money if yeah. you make money, it's going into promoting. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very big game and it's a lot of uh, learning and a lot of working towards you know your goals and stuff yeah i'm uh recently learning the whole promotion side of things and like dropping a hundred bucks to promote my ep over the month it seems like a lot for me currently but really in the grand scheme of things that's not a lot of money like think about all the fucking money that they put into i don't know any pop singer it's it's insane like it's so hard to stand out above all those people. So, yeah, unfortunately, it is really just a matter of putting in those hours and just being the man with a thousand hats. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really about just like, I think me obviously being on a label, I think it's important that I, I put this out there. Being on a label isn't like, 
wow, you're on a label, you're going to be famous. You're going to like get loads of streams on your song. You're going to, you know, that everyone has the goal of like, I want to get on a label so that I can make my music big and really put my music out there. And I'm not going to lie, my Spotify like statistics this year compared to last year where I won on the label, they're, you know, a lot higher. But I wouldn't say that I like was famous or like, you know, loads of people listen to my music and I was going to go outside and people were going to recognize me <laughs> and things like that. Like, no way at all. But they've definitely helped me because obviously they're a record label. They know more about promoting. They know more about h- how to like get your music known by like more people. So they've helped. And even when I started off, they were like, right, we need to, we need to talk about interviews and stuff like we're going to go for an interview briefing and we're going to sit there and ask you some questions and you're going to answer them and then they were putting me in like scenarios of like what if you was out at dinner and a fan came up to you what's your reaction and obviously i'm sat there like well that ain't ever gonna happen because like what i got a song that has like 13k and somebody's gonna come up to me while i'm you know out for dinner (laughs) But like they were, they were just like it was kind of future proofing me, I guess, to yeah. like see how I'd react. And I was like, I don't know, I'd probably be like, "Hey, you're right," and just like you know, sign an autograph, take a photo, you cool. And then they're like, "Okay, and what if that's a thousand people?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Like, what would you do in that situation? So they were just like, they're really trying to, you know, brief me on everything. But at the same time, they weren't saying like, "This is going to happen. We're doing this because you're going to get noticed when you go outside." Like, no. But yeah, I think being on a record label is great. Obviously, when you go to get on a record label, when you get that contract and when you're speaking terms, you have to be very, you know, you need to check it with a lawyer if you can. Um, It's something I didn't do. I spoke to Alex about my contract and stuff, though, because he's like, he's really good with everything, like I said. So he's been in the industry a while and he knows quite a lot of stuff, so... I asked him like, oh, is this, you know, worded okay? Because if things are worded funny, it just, it comes across as a bit like, oh, that's a bit sketchy. Like they Mm. could like pull some strings with that or whatever. Um, But you just have to be, you have to read it, make sure you're happy with it and then sign it and just know what you're in for. Because once you're signed to a year contract or a two year contract or whatever, it's like you're in that and you've agreed to those rules. And if you break those rules, you're going to be fined a lot of money. So you have to be careful. So I think the thing that I kind of, not that I wish I did because this label's great and I really do like this label, but I feel like before I dove head first into this world of like record labels and it'd be like, wow, I'm signed to a label for a year all of a sudden. I wish I kind of did like a, okay, let's see what other record labels are about. Let's sign some like single contracts if they want my song just so they can have the single and see what happens with it and just kind of learn a bit more about, okay, how are they promoting my songs? What playlist has my song got into? Just learn more, you know? Um, So I don't know whether like, I don't know whether my label wants to have me on for another year. I don't know whether I want to be on for another year. I mean, I've been debating the thing of like, maybe now should be the time where I'm thinking, okay, what can I get my songs onto? What label can I get my songs onto? And can I release singles with them to see like to learn how they promote and to see what kind of audience they have. And yeah, cause I don't know. I think when you're starting off, not necessarily when you're starting off, but like when you're getting to be more professional, when you're happy with your songs, you've learned a bit about promoting. I feel like the best way to go about it is to just go and send it to record labels and be like, here's my song. 
do you want to release it? And then if you get a yes, just be like, okay, single release. Let's see like what their audience is like. Let's go to another label, see what their audience is like. And then you're getting fans or like viewers or listeners, whatever, from different yeah. labels listening to your music. So yeah. it's not just like a one audience type of thing. It's like loads of different people. So I don't know. I've just been, I've really been trying to learn a lot about promotion. It's hard. It's, I feel like us as music producers have a lot to learn. You don't just learn music, you learn about promotion. Then you try and learn a bit about like graphic design where you're trying to make your own cover arts. And then, yeah, I don't know. You just, you learn a lot of stuff and labels don't just take care of everything. Like they promote my music, but I promote my music myself too. I still put money into promoting my songs. I make my own cover arts. Well, kind of my granddad paints my cover arts. And oh, then that's I, awesome. I um, touched them all up in Photoshop. Yeah. And um, I just send them to my label and they're like, that's nice. We're, you know, put that on your song and then they publish it. But they, they are good, but it's, it's very much about, you've got to think about what you want. Don't just look up to labels and think they're the best thing ever. They're yeah. what I need to move forward. You have to perfect a lot of stuff yourself before before you get to that like famous stage. If you even get there, some people don't even make it. You just have to you have to hope and keep on working. Always moving forward is the main thing. Yeah. And uh, I see a lot of people just like giving out their songs to random labels. And it does make sense. Like getting your stuff out onto as many labels as possible is a good idea because you get many different audiences listening to your music but don't just give it out to anyone because there's um unless it's actually like a a big label a lot of the smaller labels will not allow you to put your song on your own soundcloud like they'll put it up on their soundcloud and then you can repost it but that's it so if you're given your track to a label that's only got like a hundred followers and then you can't even upload that song on your own SoundCloud. What are you really going to gain from that? Right. Yeah. So I think this whole idea of a label, it's not really such a grand thing anymore. You can do so much more just promoting stuff on your own, unless you get with a label that's really been in the game for a while and knows how to do their shit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't even need a record label to be able to get your songs out there. Like at all, like that that Lewis Capaldi remix I did. I know it's a remix, and I know the streams came along because he is who he is. It's like a popular artist, but that's like 13k streams by myself with no label. I didn't even promote that really. I put it on my Instagram. I think maybe I I put like 10 pound into Instagram adverts, so like not even a lot, and it got 13k just just through like hashtags and stuff like that. <laughs> so God damn. you don't you don't need a label to be big really and especially like you have to be really careful with smaller labels because when i said about how i joined room seven records i was trying to release my song riot which was on my ep and i sent i probably sent it to like 20 different record labels maybe even 30 different record labels just through like emails and websites and stuff and three of them actually wanted it but when i looked into what the label was they just seemed like they'd accept anything Right, you know, they they'd throw it onto like their YouTube. It would get like oh five views or something like that. It's like, okay, but what, how am I going to benefit from that? Yeah, like, that's not that's not benefiting me. That's just me saying I'm on a record label. <laughs> that's the only reason I'd be doing it. Yeah. So what's the point? You need to you need to find purpose 
in a record label before signing a deal. And that's why I signed a deal with Room 7 because everything that they were offering me, I was just like, this is amazing. Like, they're going to get me gigs. They're going to promote my music. They're just, they seem great. So that's why I signed it. And I've been with them almost a year and I'm really thankful for everything that they've done. But oh, I've, yeah. like I said, I've also done a lot of stuff myself. So, mm. um, Have you been sending out any uh, demos to other labels? I don't know if you're allowed to say that or not. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't at the moment because uh, obviously I can't, I can't say everything about contracts and stuff because it's a fine line of like, I don't know what I can and can't say, yeah. but there is a thing in my contract where I'm signed exclusively to them for a year and yeah. a year would be uh, January the 1st this year to January the 1st next year. So because like, like I said, I don't know my plan for next year. yet. Yeah. I don't know whether they want me to be with them still. I don't know. I, whether I want to be with them still, I don't, I don't know what, but, if I do want to go down the way of like sending it to loads of different labels as singles, like I said, then I'll probably start doing it on January the 1st or around then. Mm. And just if I did want to do that, I'd be making a lot of music right now to just say like have five songs that are ready to be released and just send those to labels, see who wants to sign that song. If somebody does want to sign it, there you go. There's a single release that, you know, wait a month, do it again, send it about. Just, just doing it like that. Hell yeah. um, but no, I haven't. I haven't done. I haven't done anything yet. No. Because I was just thinking, at least this is what I would do if the if the contract allowed it. Um, I would just like send my songs out to labels now in advance, and then be like, "Hey, on this date, my contract with this label ends. Uh, if you want to take this song, I'd be happy to release it after that date." And then that way, like, you might be able to get on a, a bigger label or a label that's mm. better suited to you or something. But then also you might just be completely happy with the label you're currently on. So it's just an idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have I have thought about it. It's just, it's just like, I've kind of been thinking, like, yeah, it's a good idea to kind of give them the thing of, like, also you get to mention the fact that you're on a label, so they're like, oh, you know, <laughs> I guess... In, in the industry, being on a label is like, wow, wait, what? You're signed to a label? How did you get signed to a label? Uh, like, what? Even if it is like a small label or whatever. But I think I could go ahead and do that. And then they'd be like, okay, you know, we want to release it or I just don't get a reply, you know, whatever. But I think at the same time, if I, if I was a label or somebody at a label and somebody sent me a demo and they were like, hey, this is my new song. Uh, I'm signed to a label, but we can release it this time or whatever. I think instantly it would just be a bit like, oh, but we're trying to look for people now. Like, we want to drop a song, you know, in three weeks' time. Uh, We're looking for people, like new people now. While, say, like, their label's getting more noticed or something. They're like, we want it now. We want to be putting loads of music out now or something like that. So, I don't know. It is a good idea. But at the same time, it is that thing of like, you're asking, you're not only saying, do you want to sign my song? But you're also saying, can you wait to sign my song? <laughs> and it's a bit like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure labels. It's, I guess it's the same with, I guess it's the same with like going for a job interview. Like if you said, <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, you've accepted me, but I'm still at another job at the moment. And I can't actually be on this job until, you know, three months time. There might be a bit like, oh, well, we're looking for someone now. So, yeah, you know. 
Uh, I feel like a lot of labels plan stuff in advance. Like I'm following quite a few labels and even the really, really small ones, their demos are completely closed until next year at this point. Uh, oh, okay. Except for one of them, they've just reopened. But yeah, I feel like uh, labels, they seem to have like always a three-month or so release plan, at least from what I've gathered. So Yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. I The label that I'm on is like, it's it's fairly small. They have quite a team behind them, but the amount of artists assigned to it is probably like, it's probably under 10, the mm. amount of people that's actually signed to it. So they don't have like a, a thing of like, oh, we, we're like fully, you can't release a song until this date because we have all these other artists releasing songs on this day or whatever. So I think like there's stuff I can't speak about that's like in the works, um, which is kind of like pushing back. I've spoke about release dates for this new song that I'm working on. And we've like had to push it back a bit because of other stuff and, you know, stuff that's not really related to me, but other artists and yeah. So it's all like, it's all, it's kind of busy-ish, but not really. It's like, it's a bit of freedom to like, if I want to release a song, we normally discuss about releasing a song at least a month before releasing it. It isn't just a let's drop it next week kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I like to leave it at least three or four weeks between each song. I mean, this year I haven't released as much as I did last year because last year I was trying to release a song every month other than towards the end of the year I was trying to work on my EP. Um, but this year I've just kind of had the mindset of, look, let's try and make good music and perfect it. And even if I finished it, I'd leave it a couple of weeks and come back to it and then yeah. I'd go, oh, this this I don't really like anymore. I want to change this, which I've done. I, I have songs that... I, I think I have one song which is kind of done, but it's like, I don't, you know, you know, when like you have a song that's done, but it doesn't really fit the vibe of everything at the moment. So like, I, I think it's getting towards the end of the year. It's, it's like winter. It's kind of like you either have happy Christmas music or you have like, you know, kind of sad, you know, minor music or whatever. I don't think you wouldn't expect to hear a summer song in December. Is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's summer so, in Australia. <laughs> oh yeah, true. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. But I mean, like you know, you know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> so like here, with my mindset is here. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. I completely forgot that summer is in like this time, of, like getting to this time of the year. That's crazy. It's just <laughs> been summer here. Literally, like this whole week, it's just been raining because Jesus. it's just the UK, and all it does is rain. <laughs> um, <laughs> But even in the summer, it was raining now and then. So, but yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, but anyway, my mindset was like, I don't really want to release a song that's like really happy and jolly and summery if it's not happy, jolly and summery outside. Yeah, that that's, makes a lot of sense. Obviously, obviously not to the point where it's like, oh, I'm releasing a song next Friday, but my phone says it's raining. So I'm going to actually release it on Monday. <laughs> so it's sunny. Not like that, but just like the seasons. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I go. Yeah, I think uh, radios uh, really do that really well. They uh, yeah, fit the vibe of the season. Like as much shit as you want to give radio, they know how to play music that fits the season that you're in. No, I don't know how I haven't mentioned this yet because I do. I do kind of forget about it, but I can't even remember what song it was now. But I think it was "We're Just People." One of my songs got played on the radio in. Oh hell um, yeah! I think it was in France and. America 
Um, but that's why I kind of forgot about it is because I haven't heard it myself, but my label yeah. was like, we sent your song. We, we have like some connections in France, whatever. So it was cool. It did happen. I, I couldn't listen to it. So who knows if it did actually happen, <laughs> but I'll take their word for it. You know, they're pretty trusted. So <laughs> I, I'll take their word for it, but it, it's really cool. I'm just waiting for that day where it's like, um, I'm sitting there listening to like BBC introducing or something here. And it's like BBC introducing in my local area. It's like, oh, Insco is this upcoming artist. And I'm just like, that's my song on the radio. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, so I was good. thinking, obviously, if I don't go ahead with the label next year or whatever, I've been looking into BBC introducing because they do play a lot of songs from people that are up and coming. Mm. And they do it by like county. So it's like whatever area you live in, that'll be like your local BBC introducing thing oh cool and i was gonna do it because i thought it'd be really cool but then i read their like terms and conditions and it's like you have to own full rights to the song uh, if you're on a label then you have to like get proper permission like yeah. written and all this stuff and i'm just like uh i don't know it'd be really cool but you know i'm signed to a label so if i if i don't stay with them next year or if they don't want me or whatever then I'll probably go ahead and send it to them and be like, hey, I own the rights to the song, you can play it or whatever. So and then it won't have to be like a hassle of sorting it all out. Yeah. Well, I reckon if you do re-sign with the same label, though, definitely worth going through that hassle to get some radio play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just like at the moment, because I only have like, what, three months left. It's like, yeah. I'm not really, I'm not really working on a whole bunch of music at the moment. So I got a bit of a watery eye. I just <laughs> I had a sudden moment of like, I really need a drink. I haven't drunk much. Because <laughs> um, I just, I ramble phrases. When I speak about music, I talk a lot. So I'm sorry if I've been speaking mega quick and really overloading everything. No, you're good. Um, I can't even remember what I was saying now. What was that about? <laughs> oh, the, the label, yeah. So it's it's like I haven't really been working on a lot of music at the moment. Uh, I think ever since my EP, I've been a bit like had a bit of like a, a down of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got made redundant from my job. And then it's like, I don't know what I'm doing with everything. And I'm just, I was in a bit of a, ah, everything's against me. What do I do? Yeah, so yeah, it made me very demotivated. But then I I was just looking for like samples the other day, found that uh, pack. I bought it. And then I was like, oh, there's this vocal. I really like that. And then I just learned about that guitar plugin. I've just been really into it again. So Hell yeah. yeah. Keep it up, man. I'm looking forward to Thank hearing you. this new shit you're do. working on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so if you had to pick one thing that you need to improve on most right now, what do you think it is? I I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we could go back to like not knowing what an EQ is when you first started out. Uh, drowning your snare in reverb. Is oh, there anything yeah, that no. stands out? <laughs> um, so I think, like recently, I've been I've been, you know, listening to my old songs, or whatever, and figuring out what I don't like about them, and then trying to get better at that. Mm. So, like, whether it's like, oh, my kicks too, like I make my kick too punchy all the time. I need to not do that, and then fix it. Um. But I don't know. I think I do. I think out of everything I do, the least thing I do, which is probably surprising, is probably sound design. Mm. I 
I know, obviously, I know Serum well. I use Serum a lot. But I don't think if somebody was like, oh, try and recreate the sound like from a song, I, I wouldn't be able to do that probably. You know, I want to learn. I want to learn more about that, and I, I'd like to be able to listen to a song and just try and like, like go. Oh, I really like that lead that they have in that song. I want to remake that. Try and remake it, then put my own twist on it and make it my own and do something like that. Because at the moment, what I've been doing with most of my songs is, you know, downloading presets for Serum on like Splice or these packs. Like Sticks is a really great company for. Well, just I guess like future base with just everything in general, really. Um, I bought loads of their packs. I actually recently won a giveaway that they did as well for like an audio interface. That's a bit mad. Hell yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but I use a lot of their presets in my songs, but I'll like load them up in Serum and go, okay, well, I want this to sound like this. So I'll tweak it a little bit or like, oh, what happens if I do this? So at the moment, I'm doing a lot more tweaking than I am just like making from scratch. So mm. I think if there's anything that I wish I could learn more of is like sound design. Just oh, yeah. trying to actually do stuff from scratch, like get an idea for a sound and make that sound. But I don't know. I've heard like people say, oh, using presets is cheating. And I'm like, but is it though? It's like, it, <laughs> it's a very, I feel like with it, you're either on the side of like, no, it's not. Or yes, it is. Yeah. But I think it isn't. It isn't. It's like, you're using someone else's sound, so therefore it's not unique to you, right? But at the same time, that person's made that sound. So, like, you know, you have... If you're tweaking it, it's kind of like you're making it unique to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. And I, I do it enough to have it unique to me. Um, I think if you was doing it on more important things like, you know, leads and stuff like that, like chords, you know, like future-based chords... I don't know. You don't really have to tweak that loads. You don't have to. I don't think I've ever listened to a song and gone, "Those the sound of those chords is definitely Elenium or whatever." Or, or you know, some. I don't think I've ever done that. It's more about like the lead sound or the way yeah. that they do vocal chops and things like that. And as long as you're making those things unique to yourself, or like little percussive elements that like you use in all of your songs, things like that, then it's fine because you know you have to have some sort of originality in your songs somehow. Uh, like at the moment, I think a lot of people in my songs, they really like my vocal chops. I don't know why. They're like, how would you make your vocal chops? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. I just cut up the vocal until it sounds good. That's what I do. <laughs> and then I just go through and I throw some distortion on it and do it this way. And only recently have I started saving like my mixer channels so that every mm. single time I go to make vocal chops, I just load a mixer channel from a vocal chop like chain that I've made before. And then I tweak it a little bit. And it's like, oh, look, now I'm getting this, you know, Intsco sound, I guess. So, yeah, it's um, it's uh, been a lot of fun, <laughs> like learning stuff still. I, I have so much yeah. more to learn still. It's really good making your own racks just to make your workflow quicker and uh, signature sound and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, with vocal chops, all those people commenting on, on your videos or your songs asking how you did them. I think that kind of comes from a place of almost being lazy. Like when I, when I first started out and I wanted to do vocal chops, I was like, all right, how do I get a plugin where I can just press MIDI notes and it'll do vocal chops for me. But it's like, yeah, yeah. no, you got to go in there 
you know, find the syllables that sound good, manually chop them out, and then arrange them, repitch them, warp them, etc. Like it, it really is meticulous work. You can't. There's no like random vocal chop instrument that somehow just sound good. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. That's that's why it's like I guess it's like in future bass. I guess it's one of the hardest things to perfect, really, because. You could easily go ahead and go, okay, I made these chords sound like this. I've put like I've added extra notes so that it sounds more full, whatever. But with vocal chops, it's like you're you're taking something that's already there and just completely making it like different and making like a melody out of you, you are just making a melody out of a vocal. That's what you're doing. Yeah. But it's like you're working with that sound. So like on this new song that I was on about, which is called Say My Name, um I I've taken the vocal, I've chopped it all up. In fact, I've, I've, okay, I can't say too much about it. I've, I've taken the vocal, I've chopped it up, and then I've like layered it so that it's uh, an octave lower because it's pitched up. So it's like, it's like all chipmunk sounding, and then it's an octave lower. So it's like the normal vocal. Um, and then under that, because the guitar, uh, because the track has a lot of guitar in it, I've like layered it with an electric guitar and just like really just, hell yeah. It. And it, it just sounds really full. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's vocal chops are so much fun, but sometimes you could spend hours upon hours tweaking it. Like yeah. there was a couple of months ago, I was working on this song, which I said I, I have, but I don't want to release it because of the vibe. Um, and I made it when my room was getting decorated and I had to sleep downstairs in my living room. And I had literally just a monitor on my PC on, on like the living room table. And I was like, <laughs> I was sat there making the song. And I honestly spent about, I don't know, like a couple of days just sat there going, oh, no, I'd listen to it through. I'd be like, okay, intro's nice, first nice, all this is nice. Second that drop here, I was like, those vocal chops are not it. Yeah. Like the way that they're processed, that's not it. And I spent so long literally just tweaking it slightly like, okay, maybe there's too much reverb in that bit. I don't know. Like, Oh, it took me forever. But I think even now I'm not a hundred percent with it. It's like it's almost there, but it's not I'm not quite there yet. Mm. You know, I wanna I wanna try and put more thought into my music and not just go, This song is sounding alright, let's release that. I wanna actually be like I wanna listen to this song and really like it. I mean I like to have the mindset of I wanna listen to it and not hate anything about it, but we like I said earlier, you're always gonna hate something about your songs. Like a month <laughs> later you're gonna go, Oh, why didn't I do that? So, yeah, I, exactly. it's one of those things. As long as it's sounding good at the moment and you're happy with it at the moment, just release it and forget about it, and then it's fine. Don't, <laughs> don't judge yourself too much. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I really uh, enjoyed hearing about your process, man, and everything that surrounds Insco. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me, dude. We're just about to wrap it thank up. Thank you for having me on. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, talk about or shout out before we finish it off? Um, not really. Uh, I, I've obviously released music under the name Insco, so if you want to check it out on Spotify, it's your kind of thing. I'd appreciate it. Also, follow, because like we said earlier, <laughs> following is important. So, so follow, because then, then you get it more. Um, also, if like it's music-related, so if you wanted to subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, I post music related content there and obviously I'm guessing most people that listen to this are probably music producers oh, because yeah. we talk a lot about music <laughs> so if there's anything that you you know might not know that I know and I make a video about it 
go check it out. There's like a playlist on my YouTube channel called like Music Help or something. And it has all the videos that I made about like teaching stuff that I know. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to just be future based. It can be anything, you know, people can learn from that. And the final thing that I'll plug is I have a Twitch channel. Uh, sometimes I play games, but I mainly do music streams where I sit there and make music, but I also do music feedback. So if you make music and you want to come join and just send me the link to your song, I'll tell you what I like about it and what I think you could tweak and to make it better. And I tell you what, music feedback is one of the things that has really helped me oh, yeah. with my songs. Getting getting loads of people's opinions is great. It is really, really important because then you know, like if somebody says your vocal here isn't sounding right and five people say that, you're like, okay, yeah, my vocal really isn't sounding right. I need to fix that. So I do that. Like I don't have a schedule, but if you go and follow the Twitch, then... I'm live, like I'm live at least once or twice a week. So, but yeah, hell yeah! All right, so all the links will be in the description. And thanks so much for watching. I'm Astro Rain, and this has been episode 19 of the Wavetable featuring Insko. Peace. See ya.